close mine in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you give. We thank you for the many blessings you have brought in this life. And most of all, we thank you for grafting us into your vineyard, your family, into the vine of Jesus. That we would be considered yours. Through our baptisms, Lord, you have claimed us. And we thank you for all that you give that you have done for us into eternity. Through our Lord Jesus, and in his name we pray. Amen. Have you ever had that glass of wine that stops time? Okay, let me fill that in a little bit. It's not the ninth glass of wine where you no longer consider time anymore. And it's not just the accompanying glass of wine that sits around on the side and maybe you sip on it a little bit here and there with the meal, but it doesn't really take over anything. I mean the glass of wine that you go to someone's house or you go to a winery somewhere and you end up somewhere and they pour it in a glass and you smell it and you go, wait a minute. What is this? What is this beautiful, wonderful thing? What is its story? What is it trying to say? And I understand not all of you are wine drinkers, and that's fine. That'll get worked out into eternity when God's pouring the choices to wines and you tell him no. All right, we'll figure that one out. But until that time, if you don't care for wine and you don't care for the flavor, that's fine. Think of if it's a drink or a meal or a sunset or something that so caught your attention that everything else faded away. And you were so focused on that one thing, you wanted to hear more about that one thing. But seeing as though our Lord called himself a vine and was talking about vines and branches and fruit, I'm going to stick with wine today. That's going to work for the sermon. So for the purpose of the sermon, that's what we got. So that glass of wine, though, that just kind of stops time, it, it makes, like I said, everything else kind of fade away to where you want to hear more of the story. Because you see, in a glass of wine, it's not just a drink that's sitting there. But wine comes year to year. It comes from a vintage. Grapes are grown once a year and then they're harvested. And those grapes tell the story of that year. They tell you what the temperature was like. They tell you how well they were cared for. They tell you what the ground was like. They tell you what the area is like. And so if you have a Cabernet grape from California, it's going to taste different than the one from Washington, than the one from Bordeaux, than the one from Spain, than the one from South Africa, and then the one from Australia. They're all going to have a different story about them. They're going to have some similarities, as you all have some similarities, but I guarantee you each and every single one of you also has a different story. You have a different thing to say about how your life has gone. And that's what wine is going to do. I've had a number of opportunities through the years past of tasting a lot of different wines from the wine sales days and restaurant days and all of that to taste a lot of different things from all throughout the world. And every now and then, there's a glass that just stops time. And you get so wrapped up in the midst of what is going on with that glass and listening to, it sounds funny to listen to wine, but to listening and tasting and smelling and experiencing everything that's going on from the depth of the fruit to the earthiness of the minerality that's brought up into the glass from the roots of the vine to how hot it was and how ripe the fruit got or how cool it was and how acidic the wine is and, you know, how long it was cared for in barrels or whether it was really roughly treated and it just doesn't last very long in your mouth or whether it's a very old wine with a lot of structure and depth and flavor that lingers on or a really young wine that just kind of punches you really quick and then you're waiting 
to see if there's more, but it's not ready yet. I mean, there's a lot that goes on in that glass, and it has a wonderful, beautiful story to tell. There's one guy I remember listening to, a winemaker from Spain, uh, this wonderfully tall Spaniard guy. Uh, his name was Alvaro Palacio, and he grew a grape called Mencia, and he has a wine called the Petalos del Bierzo. Bierzo is this region in Spain that has this black slate soil, and as he's talking about the wine, as we're sipping on it, you could hear him just very poetically go on about the harvest and the vintage and how everything just kind of flowed together and the flavors, how they would go up and down and everything that went along with this beautiful, beautiful glass of wine and hearing his voice speak it. Every time I think of that wine, I can still hear his voice just melodically flowing through this wine. There's a lot of wines all throughout the world that are like that. They tell you the story of their place. They tell you the story of the branch that they grew on and the branch that was connected to the vine and then the ground that that vine was planted in. We all tell our stories too. We tell a lot of stories. In fact, we like to talk about ourselves quite a bit. Uh, If you don't know that, just listen to someone. They like to talk about themselves. And it's not a bad thing by any means. We have good stories. It's how we build relationships. But if anybody's ever nervous, ask them about themselves and just listen for a while. It's great. You get to hear all kinds of wonderful stories. It's a really great opportunity to get to learn about somebody. But we will tell our stories a lot. And a lot of times as Christians, I think what is a possible temptation and something that I think we may struggle with every now and then is we tell our story really, really, really well and sometimes forget to get to Jesus. See, we may tell our story, but we've got to remember that we're only branches. And a branch is just the middle of the thing. The branch is the part that gets pruned and cleaned and trimmed and trained and grown and encouraged. And, and it just kind of does what it's going to do, but it, it takes a lot of encouragement from a vine dresser to take care of how that branch is going to grow, to decide how that branch is going to produce fruit. That branch doesn't really get a lot of say in how that happens, but it's cared for. You see, that branch, that branch is connected to a vine. Gavin, you have that picture of a vine for us? That's a vine. I don't know if most of you have seen pictures of most grapevines, but most of them don't look like that. Most of them are probably as thick as your arm, and they come up, and they're probably 10 years old, something like that. And they go out and they may get a little thicker and a little bit barkier on the outside. And you say, wow, those are some pretty significant vines. And they are. 10 to 15 years for a vine is good. That one's probably sitting at about 110. And so when I took that picture in 2007, it was about 100 years old. And so it's a little older than 110 now. My math isn't so good. So... That picture is of a vine up in Sonoma, a Sagacio Vineyard, and that was planted in roughly 1907. Think about that for a brief moment. Henry Ford was rolling maybe his second model off the assembly line. World War I hadn't happened yet. It was 10 years before World War I. It was 10 years before Vicki Newman was born. <laughs> that vine is an old vine. That vine has been around. That vine has a whole lot of stories to tell, and the roots of that vine go down deep and have reached into the soil for over a hundred years 
to pull from the ground what it could pull up to tell a story. And the story that that one tells in the glass, you could barely get enough grapes off it to make one glass of wine. It doesn't produce a lot. But what it does produce, oh man, is it beautiful. But see, as branches, like I said, oftentimes we want to stop our story at what the branch experiences. I don't know how many branches have been pruned off of that thing. But the vine is still there. We're branches of a really solid vine, much older than 100 years. We're branches of Jesus. Jesus grafted us into himself in our baptisms. Jesus made us his own. Jesus made us his branches so that we would produce his fruit and tell his story. Because it's not just our story to tell. We play a part of it, absolutely. The branch definitely plays a part in how the wine is produced and how the grapes are produced and grown. But we're not the end of the story by any means. We're connected to Jesus. And Jesus himself, right? I am the vine. You are the branches. It's pretty clear with that. And what that means is that he now stands in the place of where the people of God had been supposed to stand. So as God had looked at his people throughout time, throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, he would call his people a vineyard. And he would always go to his vineyard and look for good grapes And then he'd call them out and he'd say, why when I went to look for good grapes did I find sour grapes? Why did you guys not produce the good grapes that you were supposed to produce? You're my vineyard. But you've gone wild and rampant and things haven't gone well. So he brought in other people to tend the vineyard and care for the vineyard. The vineyard never got tore out. And then Jesus comes and he says, not only am I the vineyard, I'm the one vine. I'm the root of all of them. You want to propagate a vineyard off of anything? You propagate it off of me because I'm the son of God. I'm the vine. I'm the heart of it all and I'm the one that's going to hold it all together and I'm the one that's going to stand in the place of all the other vines that went bad. I'm the vine that's there. And now all those others that were over there as we want to plant ourselves into the ground and start our own roots somewhere and hold on as hard as we can through the hard times in life and say that all the good times in life are all because of what we're doing. No, it's because of Jesus. Because we are not branches who are out on our own. We are branches that have been grafted into the most beautiful, wonderful, eternal vine that ever is. We are branches of the Son of God. We are considered children of God. Because He says so. Because He has promised it. Because He has made it happen. And because He has called us into Himself to say, you are my branches, part of the one vine Jesus, so that you get to tell my story. You get to produce my fruit. You get to be the ones that share my story that stops time so that people would hear it. All those glasses and vineyards that I visited, every single one of them were beautiful and wonderful. And not a single one of them was outside of California. I never got the opportunity. As much love as I have for wines all over throughout the world, I never once got an opportunity to walk through the vineyards and hear it way over there or go hear the stories way over there. Not a single one of them. One of my most favorite glasses I remember was sitting on my back porch with my brother-in-law and his family. It was a $6 bottle of Australian Merlot. It had been sitting in the fridge for about a half hour because it was 97 plus 100 degrees outside, I think in Santa Paula, California, and we were about to have hamburgers off the grill. And he goes, what do you got? And I said, oh, I got just the right thing. 
We went and grabbed it, and both of us just stopped for a second and figured out that was the most beautiful story that could be told in that moment. A $6 bottle of Australian Merlot in the middle of a hot day with family and friends that God had brought around. Our stories don't have to be big and amazing and expensive and awe-inspiring. They're stories that are yours, that God has given you, how Jesus has worked in your life, how he has saved you by his death and resurrection and by claiming you in your baptism. There are stories about how he has walked with you through sickness. There are stories about how he has walked with you through no money. There are stories about how he has walked with you through the joys of 20 grandchildren. Stories about how God has worked within your family so that people would hear of the love of God for them as they hear how much you express, how you know that he loves you. And you know he does. And he even promises it. For those who abide in me, I abide in them. And he keeps going backwards and forwards so you almost lose who abides in who first. But it's God who calls us into himself, places himself within us, and then says, you're mine. And I'm with you through it all, through every weathering vintage, through every heavy storm, through every joyful summer. I am there with you to tell a story in a glass that will stop time for somebody as they figure out that time truly doesn't have an end, but an eternity in Jesus, and they find out about his love for them. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all of the love which you have given us through your Son, and we pray that you would give us the courage to speak of that same love to all those that need to hear it, so that they would know your story, that they would know of your love for us and for them. And we pray, Lord, as we go from this place, that whether it's just within the four walls of our house or it's in the community or it's wherever you send us and lead us, that you would give us the courage uh, to be your children, to act with the fruit that you have given us. Because that's how Jesus said you'd know we are your disciples, by the fruit that is shown. And we know, though, that that fruit doesn't come from us, it comes from you. And so we pray for that fruit, Lord, to be shown and that you give us the courage to show it. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.